Hello and welcome back to another episode of Brothers of Risk. I am Chip Gibson, CEO of Delane Gibson Insurance, and uh, in this episode I interview Jeff Hamilton. Now Jeff is the founder of Columbus and Overgroup. It's a real estate brokerage based in Boston and really focusing on homes in Boston, typically over $2 million. Uh, we had a great conversation. He's a data-driven realtor. He, he brings some value that really, honestly, I hadn't thought of in the process, um, especially with with, um, with with constant updates to your home and just just getting tab keeping tabs in the marketplace. So great conversation. Um, we sprinkled insurance in there as we always do um, it, because there's a lot of intricacies with condos and typically condos are what's happening in the city so uh tune in i hope you enjoy it and i think you'll get some value out of it so uh here we go at delane gibson we strive to educate our clients and the public on finer aspects of risk for this podcast BOR stands for Brothers of Risk. Chip and Ted Gibson will dive into important topics on risk management, personal and commercial insurance, employee benefits, HR consulting, and what's going on at DG. We will try to translate the complicated contract and policy-laden insurance world into pragmatic advice, all while bantering as brothers and partners at Delane Gibson. All right, welcome back to the next episode of Brothers of Risk. Chip Gibson here with Jeff Hamilton of Columbus and Overgroup. He's a longtime client and old friend. Um, today he was in to do a, a review of his current insurance policies and talk about new risks. And uh, we also got into uh, real estate a bit. So today we'll, we'll hear from him and, and learn a lot more about the, the Boston residential marketplace for real estate. Um, and so, Jeff, why don't you um, just go into a little bit about uh, Columbus and Overgroup? Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me, Chip. Fun to uh, reconnect here in person, although we are socially distanced across the room pretty well. Yeah, we are. We are at least 15 feet apart, <laughs> uh, so it's all good. So, yeah, Columbus and Overgroup is a luxury residential brokerage business. We are focused intently on the downtown market, uh, notably the name of the company, Columbus and Over, uh, is a derivative of Columbus Avenue. Uh, we focus on both sides of Columbus Ave, which is really the dividing line between the South End and Back Bay. So the vast majority of our business happens to be in those two neighborhoods, and, and we're also covering Beacon Hill and the Seaport as well. Uh, we focus pretty much on, on the higher end, really $2 million and up uh, luxury transactions is, is what we do the most of, um, but certainly able to help people who are, who are lower on the spectrum as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, what have you seen in terms of the market post-COVID? I mean, from like March to now, how have things changed? I mean, from what I've seen, I see a, f a flocking to secondary homes, like Cape Cod is going nuts. Uh, and I, I'm assuming um, that the, 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 the Boston market has, has taken a hit a bit, but I'd uh, love to hear from you. Definitively, yeah. I mean, 2020 was unlike any other, as everyone knows. I think starting in March, there was pump the brakes, right? Nobody did anything really in March and April. But once you got into May, you started to see people venture out. And I think the summer 
sort of turned into a little bit of our, our normal spring market. That's where all the activity was. Typically, we see people most active in March, April, May in 2020. People were most active in maybe second half of May, June, July. So that spring market just got pushed back. Uh, no doubt the volume, number of transactions and dollar value was was way down in those core markets within the city. Uh, we, we absolutely saw an exodus of people, you know, mostly like young families, sort of in our, our own demographic there. People with young kids who thought they might hang on a little bit longer in the city got pushed out pretty quickly. They were a lot of the first people to give up. And then some of your empty nesters who had been driving the market really in the city for a number of years, at least five years, you know, empty nesters had been pulling into the city from all the surrounding suburbs and, and suddenly they weren't as interested in the city anymore. So some of them gave up and, and sort of retired, quote unquote, to their second or maybe third homes in the Cape Islands or northern New England. Um, at the end of the year, we're starting to see a little bounce back, particularly at the higher price points, like the real high sort of five, six, seven million dollar stuff, interestingly, been a number of transactions that, that just got inked in like December, uh, Back Bay South End. So we're cautiously optimistic that as the vaccine rolls farther out, maybe there's some additional herd immunity after this you know, second wave runs its course, that by the time we get into the second, third quarter of 2021, the city certainly won't be back in its full capacity, but I do think uh, we see a much more normal-ish year than we did last year. That's great. That's great. In, in, but in terms of how you mentioned the spring market getting pushed around a bit, what? How do you see the timing uh, change in twenty one? Is it is the spring market now? Is it is it still going to be later? What do you no, think? No, it's not. I mean, we're going. It's it's mid January now, right? And and the market is quiet. Um, there's not a lot happening. I mean, I think coinciding with this second wave, which you know, COVID cases in Massachusetts are, I think, as high as they've really been yeah. since since April, if not higher. I don't know exactly. Uh, so people are, are a little bit sheltered right now, um, but I think as we as we get through February and really through March and April, I think you see people venturing back out by then. Um, so yeah, I think we have a real spring market kind of in, in the second half of April and May, uh, where you see that velocity, you know, maybe not all the way back to 2019 levels, but closer to it. Yeah, that's great. It's good to know. Uh, as far as advising your clients on you know, preparing your home or, or buying a home, what are, uh, what are the, some of the, the immediate things that, they, that you're going to be advising them on if, uh, if they're looking for a home in Boston? And I know one of the things we spoke about preparing for this podcast a bit was even talking about insurance and how Delane Gibson can help and just go into it like a general, what your general advisory process is with, with clients. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've been a great resource for me for insurance for, gosh, I don't know, at least a decade, if not longer now. And, and I'm always learning something when I check in with you on, on different insurance topics that we can and should be thinking about. I think often insurance is a little bit of an afterthought, you know, as people are buying or selling real estate. And, and not that it needs to be like the first thing someone's thinking about, but, you know, there are dollars to be saved there. And one of the examples we were thinking about is just master insurance. A lot of these master insurance policies on the condo buildings in downtown Boston have been in place for, for 10, 15, 20 years with the same carrier. And, yeah. and the number has just gotten inflated on what it was. I know specifically when we bought a condo several years ago in the city, you said, hey, let me look at your master insurance policy. 
sure enough, you know, we're paying probably $2,000 a year more than we should have been. And you were able to put a new policy in place. And, you know, it's not huge dollars, but hey, you know, it's a four unit condo association and you own 40% of the association and suddenly it's $2,000 cheaper. Well, you've saved 1200 bucks. It's, you know, it's who wouldn't want to save 1200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And that, and what, from an insurance perspective, honestly, through, through real estate transactions, we just look to get out of the way. We don't want to make it an issue. We want it to uh, the, the the close to be as smooth as possible. So we just look to process the paperwork and uh, you know make it make it one less thing a broker needs to be worried about when uh, when you're heading into close. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times you know the banks do require some insurance paperwork or at least sign offs to make sure that buyers have the appropriate insurances in place for whatever they might be buying. So you know tying you in with buyers or, or whoever the insurance agent is with the buyers as they're going through the process is important, particularly for those folks who maybe haven't done this before. You you, you need to have the expert on your side and and it doesn't cost you a lot of money. It's money you've got to spend anyways. So Jeff, one of the questions that, you know, if if I were to think about selling my house right now, I wouldn't even know where to begin. You know, I I can go on Zillow and I can say, oh, I think my house is worth that. But, But really, what are the things that you're looking at if someone is, let's say I have a condo in Boston, what are you going to do for me? And how are you going to advise me on, on that process? Because I'm sure Zillow is good, but not great. I don't know. Yeah, no, Zillow and, and Redfin and Realtor.com are all good resources for getting a, a very high-level ballpark type number for what your home might be worth. But, you know, one of the things that we do for our clients or, or maybe prospective clients is we do valuations. And, and we're always going out and walking through someone's home and and then you know pricing is is as much art as it is science it's it's sort of equal um so we love you know running through the comparable sales and and plugging in like what we think is appropriate on that side but then the artistry of it is as important as anything and understanding you know what has sold and why it sold quicker than something else that maybe on the surface looks like it is a comp but really it isn't um, so that, that's just something we do for clients. There's no, there's no cost to it. We're happy to walk through. And even if someone doesn't necessarily think they're going to be selling a property in that given year, we're, we're always happy to do that and to start to form a relationship with someone. You know, we, we want to be servicing people over the lifetime of their home ownership. You know, and and we, we know people don't transact every year in real estate, um, but we're happy to do that mark-to-market pricing exercise uh, if it helps someone understand what they have uh, as an asset. Yeah, it's great to know. I mean, I, I that makes me think differently about the advisory services you guys offer because often I think I need to just talk to a broker when I want to sell. And so I, I haven't really been of the mindset of if I just want to know what my place is worth or what the, you know, what, what yeah, the reality I, of the situation is, it's, it's nice to have an outlet. I think we'd love to change the narrative on that for, for brokerage generally. And I doubt every broker would say this. I mean, as brokers, we, we only get paid when a transaction is consummated, um, but but really we're available, right? And, and we want to maintain that relationship. We're looking for ways to maintain relationships with clients over the lifetime of their ownership. And it's really not that hard for us. You know, maybe it takes an hour here or there to put together a valuation, but if we're doing that once a year for clients while they own a home for you know, usually four to seven years in the city, really the average ownership period is, is under five years for a city condo. If we do that four times and spend four hours thinking about someone's home during four years and we get a fee when we when they bought it and when they sold it, it's still good business for us. That's awesome. I, I, I love the way you think about that and uh, appreciate you jumping on the podcast and, and, and sharing your thoughts. So 
Uh, much appreciated, and yeah. we'll we'll see you, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for having me, Chip. This is cool. Glad you guys are doing this.